you are now tuning in to Let's Be Honest with host Just Jonda. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and I am so incredibly happy to be back here with you. I know that it has been a while, but would you believe that with all of the talking that I have done about COVID and giving updates, which we stopped for a minute because it got a bit depressing, my whole house came down with it, except me pretty bizarre considering that, you know, I'm the one that people would think had the weakest constitution, you know, a cancer survivor and all that, but hell, maybe it's because I am a survivor. Who knows? But yes, um, everybody around me. So that meant I was the caregiver for everyone in different spaces of the house. And I'm still doing it, but thankfully, with the exception of one person, Uh, Everybody else is on the upswing. My daughter never had symptoms, thankfully. So needless to say, she was pissed. My my son um, did have symptoms, but given that he is young and strong and healthy overall, he's recovering very nicely and looking forward to getting back to work. One of those things, uh, one of those work assignments include editing and doing the music for my podcast. So thank you again, Jordan. So that is what has been going on with me. So needless to say, I had a lot of episodes written, but not able to record, just taking care of too many things. So what I'm going to do, because I want to get us back on track and there's been so many things going on, is I'm going to do a series of shorter episodes just to get us caught up on some of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. And then we will work our way back into our regular format. I do have a Just Jonda's LBD coming up. We have several, but one is cool and timely, and it's going to relate to a movie. So that's going to be lots of fun. So stay tuned for that as the week goes on. But this episode wanted to get into be, into this topic because, again, it is definitely timely because it's there's lots of discussion about it, or there has been um, in pop culture for the past couple of weeks. And of course, if you read the title, you're like, okay, Jonda, when are you going to talk about it? So here we go. Today's topic is what ABC's The Bachelor scandal really shows about corporate America. Now that is actually a, an abbreviated title, but the whole thing didn't quite look good in Um, (laughs) you know, in the caption. So let me give you the full title. What ABC's The Bachelor Scandal 
really shows about corporate America's knee-jerk reaction to social movements, in this case, Black Lives Matter. So I know that everybody doesn't watch the show The Bachelor, but I'm going to give you the quick and dirty and why it is relevant outside of the realm of people who don't care about reality shows. And if you've listened to me, you know I'm going to tie it in. So this is the skinny. The Bachelor, for those of you who aren't living under a rock, and I know that I do have some listeners who live under a rock, so I have to explain these things to you, is a reality show that has been on actually for quite some time, even though they're, they are on the 25th season, it hasn't been on for 25 years, but damn close. I think it's been on since like 2002 or 2004 and it comes on ABC, which of course we know is ABC Disney. And the premise of the show uh, is that you take a gentleman, usually someone that people consider to be very eligible. They've had businessmen, they've had sort of rich-ish men. I remember Andrew Firestone was one of the bachelors. They have had um, pro athletes or at least aspiring pro athletes. Well, yeah, they did have a race car driver on there once. Um, and, and just uh, guys who in recent years, uh, the bachelors and ultimately they did do women as well. So bachelorettes, um, in recent seasons, what they have done is if there was someone who was, um, particularly popular, uh, a contestant on a previous season and everybody except for the person who was supposed to fall in love with them fell in love with them, i.e. America, and they just tested well and all that other good stuff, they would bring them back as the bachelor or the bachelorette and then, of course, put out a cattle call for people who are interested. And, you know, you get all sorts. You get people who are allegedly very sincere, and then you probably you get a lot of people who it's pretty clear that they're there just to gain social media followers. And the show has spawned several spinoffs as any popular show does. And this one, of course, is extremely popular given that this is season 25 of it. And it has a very strong, devoted fan base who calls themselves Bachelor Nation. So that is the premise of the show and sort of where we are. The Bachelor, up until, what was it, maybe four seasons ago or, or maybe three or four years ago, had never had a person of color as the eligible Bachelor or Bachelorette. And in addition to that, there would all there has always been a smattering of people of color, usually black people, maybe uh, Hispanic, maybe um, someone of other multiracial descent. I think maybe a few people of Asian descent who are among the group of individuals vying for the coveted final rose. But just like horror movies, those people are usually picked off first. Occasionally, they might make it to the final four or five. Um, I think maybe one or two even made it to like the 
final three. And but ultimately, they're not chosen. And there's been a lot of talk behind the scenes, even among the contestants themselves, which uh, we're going to talk about in a few moments, about that, um, about the fact that all of the Bachelor contestants and certainly the individuals who, for one of the better way, a better way of putting it, the winners, all pretty much look alike. So about three, maybe four years ago, they did have their first African-American female contestant. Her name was Rachel Lindsay. Rachel did choose someone on the show she, who she is still with now. Seems like the women tend to have uh, better luck staying with the person. So she is, uh, she's still with uh, the person now, Brian. And, um, she was quite a popular candidate uh, or quite a popular person um, in Bachelor Nation. She's an attorney and she has maintained a relationship with the show over the years. And so, um, you know, she, she does a lot of recaps with them. Now, this summer, as we know, tremendous, tremendous social upheaval uh, and movement in the wake of the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. But certainly when things really hit a fever pitch um, was uh, upon the death of George, George Floyd. And we saw a lot of companies making donations to Black Lives Matter, setting up funds. Uh, all of a sudden there were um, more people given contracts in Hollywood to direct and write and do all of these things. So there's all of these reactions, right? All of these programs set up and, you know, just everybody showing how much they care. By the end of June, I think I may have even talked about it on this show. In fact, I know I did. ABC, among their other offerings into the ring of showing that they were in the mix. They conveniently chose after 24 seasons, the first black bachelor, young man named Matt James, graduate of uh, Wake Forest, um, handsome, you know, the bottom lines, he checks all of the boxes. And he was actually the best friend of a another very popular contestant who people thought were prop was probably going to end up being the next bachelor but instead they chose matt okay fine those of us who are not total idiots knew what was up but hey if that's what it takes so be it well uh the season starts um it, it starts off with us finding out that despite being pretty forward facing african american i mean there's nothing about matt james that looks multiracial at all i mean dark brown skin like myself little afro whole nine yards so not what people typically think of when they see um someone who is biracial in this instance like when president obama told us that he was biracial i mean to me i mean he just looked like a lighter skinned black man but because he was a lighter skinned black man you're like okay well if he says he has a white mama okay that's fine 
Well, Matt James, uh, certainly in the first episode, said that, and actually it felt like he admonished fans a bit, particularly African-American fans, because he said, I know that people expect me to make certain kinds of choices, but, you know, remember, my mama is white. Okay, that's fine. Go on through the season. There are women of all backgrounds on the show. Uh, probably about 50% of them were white. And then you had um, some African-American, again, some biracial like himself, some multiracial, et cetera. And you get all of the typical, um, all of the typical drama that occurs on a show like that. So doesn't matter the producers do what they do to give to make storylines to give you a good show to make it interesting so if you watch any type of television but especially reality television you know that reality is all relative as it relates to that as they get as we get towards the end of the season one woman who is clearly one of the front runners in fact as of last week she was in the final three her name is Rachel something with a whole lot of K's, so we're just going to call her Rachel K. Not to be confused with Rachel Lindsay, the first Black Bachelorette, who I'm going to come back to because she factors into the story. Well, it comes out as it always does, as it always does. Um, you know, things come out about people that go on reality television. Well, apparently, Rachel has some friends that may not necessarily be people that she should keep on the friends list, uh, who released some pictures of Rachel attending um, antebellum parties, or better put, plantation parties, or one in particular at her school, and um, her liking some other uh, let's say racially insensitive things on uh, on Twitter and social media, as always comes out. It also doesn't help that Rachel, who is from Georgia, is also from what we call, um, those of us who know this, it's called a sundown town. It is one of those places where historically it was understood that people um, of color know that you don't hang out when it um when the street lights come on um and uh in fact there are some folks in, uh in particular one of my favorite vloggers on youtube uh nikki star who calls her sundown town rachel so that's how we distinguish the rachels so shout out to nikki star so that of course makes his rounds well a few weeks ago chris harrison who is pretty much synonymous with The Bachelor. He's kind of The Bachelor's version of Ryan Seacrest. He's been with the show, I'm um, pretty sure, since the beginning. I, I, I don't think there's been another host. If there was, he's Chris has been there so long we don't remember who it was. Um, and he does it for whether it's The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. He is on the day after show with Rachel Lindsay, who uh, does a little segment for Extra. And what should have been a quick five-minute segment, which it usually is, just recapping the episode, turns into um, about 15 minutes of extra pretty much letting Chris Harrison just 
dig himself a, a hole that just went deeper and deeper. And, and really the crux of it is that Rachel Lindsay, of course, brought up kind of the little growing rumblings about Rachel K and uh, even more so brought up that she felt that uh, Rachel K needed to come out and say something, which subsequently she did, but that's irrelevant to the story. So Chris Harrison immediately goes on the defensive and he is on the defensive in a way that made it 100% clear um, unless, I mean, just clear that this defense was probably less about Rachel Kay and really more about his own feelings on the issue, saying things like, that was 2018. You're looking at things from a 2021 lens versus a 2018 lens, and that she was just a kid. Well, first of all, she was 22. She's 25 now. That was only three years ago. And apparently, you know, I guess if there's different lenses in 2018 and 2021, then, you know, racism, racism and plantation parties was okay then, I guess. And he starts talking about the woke police and he and Rachel Lindsay, who considered him a friend and was, I, I feel like was almost trying to save him from himself, was trying to explain to him the significance of these things, particularly as a black woman. And he's uh, made statements like, who are you to say when someone should make a statement? And, and he kept using this term woke police. And it, it was just, it was not good. And if you think that I'm trying to make it sound bad for effect, uh, you can go and check it out. Because if you just think about the fact that this went on, for 14 minutes there was no way it was gonna get better <laughs> like it just it went on way too long and you and you can find it pretty much anywhere if you go to youtube and you look up chris harrison on extra you'll find it and you'll know that you have the right one because it's about 14 minutes 30 seconds something like that so needless to say within the days after you know, or within a day, it was made pretty damn clear to Chris Harrison that this was not good. And he made, um, he made an obligatory apology on Instagram. And then ultimately, I think he did do a more, uh, extensive apology that ultimately resulted in him saying that he was going to step away for a minute. Um, I don't know if this is going to result in him, if, if this is going to work out with him coming back. I think the nail is in the coffin on that, but I, hey, stranger things have happened. But of course, he's going to step away for a minute. And as always, he's going to reflect and he's got learning to do because, you know, apparently in 2021, people still need to reflect and, and learn about racism. Now, in the meantime, Rachel Lindsay received tremendous support from the past contestants of The Bachelor. Now, I'm talking about Rachel Lindsay, the person who interviewed him, not Rachel Kay, the person who went to the party. And in fact, there were at least 
two seasons of The Bachelor where the entire group made group statements saying, we, the season of blah, 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 support her. In fact, this current season, the ladies of season 25 all stood behind her. Matt ultimately made um, a statement and talked about how Rachel Lindsay um, has, it has been a tremendous support to him and, and um, a source of mentorship for him. So basically Rachel is carrying the entire, uh, the fullness of the issues with The Bachelor in terms of teaching people on their backs, on her back. And just a quick aside about Matt, I think what is sad, what makes me feel kind of sad for him is that while Matt may be, as I say when people ask me, what does it mean when I say forward-facing Black, as in there is no question to the world when they see you uh, that you are Black. Um, now, you may be bi biracial, but in, in his case, like I said, if you saw him, you're not even going to see that. So to the world, when they see him, they see a black man for sure. Um, and, but he was raised by a, a white woman without uh, the father in the home. Um, he does not, he has not spoken at all about um, his father. So um, it, I would question whether or not there was much contact at all because it seemed rather odd that he never mentions him at all or has never mentioned him in this context, especially when he's talked about his mom so many times. And um, based on at least some of her social media, she does not seem like the type that necessarily... Uh, put herself in environments to put him in environments where he would have um, had experiences that made up for having the parent, uh, the, the Black parent, uh, kind of giving him this experience, but not publicly. So it's, it feels like, and it's and it's unfortunate, especially because then he went to, um, you know, he went to Wake Forest and, and what have you, and he seems to have, you know, um, uh, white friends. And, and I mean, he probably, he has some black ones too, I'm sure. But um, it seems to me that he is having an unfortunate smack in the face in front of everybody in terms of uh, blackness in America and what that and, and, and the impact of that on him personally and what it means, especially when things go awry in a situation like this. Not to say that he was not self-aware, but when you say something as a, as a grown man um, and, and, and a grown African-American man that uh, this other woman is sort of mentoring you through this process, I think it says something about your experience with all of this. So just as an aside. Now, 
where corporate America comes into all this, because I know you're like, just Jonda, you have given us the background and where we are. So where does corporate America come into all of this? Well, I'm going to tell you right after this. I'm back. So where does corporate America come into this? Well, what happened here, in my opinion, is very endemic of what goes on or is not going on behind the scenes before these knee-jerk um, wading into the social justice arena happens. It is one thing when you allow um, your stars of your shows or your producers to do entire specials that are coming from the lens that they have. Like, for instance, with Kenya Barris and the cast of Blackish and some of the many, many uh, just great work they have done on this show. Um, forget many, but just great work they have done on the show with still being uh, funny and fun, but relevant and then showing issues with them as a family. So they're not always beating you over the head with the Black-ish. And then also making sure that they stay timely and relevant with social justice issues and politics and all of that. Or like the special that is going to begin uh, starting on the second, The Soul of Black America, which again is clearly told by and through the lens of African-American people in this country. But when you take a show and you decide we're going to make a statement and you take something that you have that has been intrinsically white and so much so that individuals involved in it are speaking out, whether um, on, on condition of anonymity as some of the crew has, or former members of the cast, about not only concerns that they've had about things that were actually said and done that showed a level of insensitivity, but also just about, you know, the casting and, and, and all of that. That, of course, just showed that you're just not reflecting what the world looks like and don't get me wrong this could happen and should happen with the fact that uh i haven't seen any uh asian bachelor bachelorettes either or um i guess there has been some hispanic but i don't really think so i mean sort of maybe i don't know 
Um, I think the race car driver, but at any rate, no, he was Italian. Okay. But the point is when you have, whether it is in this case, a show or broader, a company, your corporate structure that is homogenous in one direction. And then suddenly you decide we're going to make a statement. We're going to show that we're down with the movement. We're going to show that we care. And let's face it, you're dealing with corporate America. It's all about dollars and cents. We don't want our potential customers to not think that we care because we know that these people spend money and it's not just black people because what we showed or what we saw with the movement this summer is that it wasn't just black people marching it was it it was people all over the world of all races creeds and colors all supporting a common cause and if you continue to face the world looking a certain way, you are not going to be viewed as supporting that cause or the people who are, or the people who are being supported by that cause. And again, we're no longer just talking about potential black consumers because this is not a, this this movement was not just made up of potential black consumers far from it in fact there were places where there were demonstrations where the black people were in the minority and again when you're talking about what we saw happen in other countries, those people weren't black at all. Maybe some smattering here or there. But certainly an entirely different culture. So that is problematic if you continue to operate at least from the outside the same way. The problem is especially when you do that quickly and abc is seeing that with the bachelor even if they aren't wise enough to dig deeper on why they're in this situation and they're probably not is that when there isn't a change or a shift from the inside then you get situations like this if you are not, as they say, doing a checkup from the neck up, but all you're doing is changing your clothes, you get situations like this. And this isn't the only one. This is just the one that's all big because the show is popular. Because we put a black guy on the show. Wow, that is so cool. But we still got the same type of contestants. And we didn't bother to check or talk or really dig into the fact that we have a culture problem. We have 
an issue that is much deeper, which is why we have been operating for so long looking a certain way. And that is not just about The Bachelor. That's in general. So if you up and decide, as some of these companies did, to write a big check, or to suddenly say we're going to beef up our diversity hiring program, or hell, you hire a diversity person so that you can do that. If there is no shift in the culture that made it okay until you were like, oh shit, people are going to give us the side eye because Folks might not be feeling how we look anymore. And notice how we look anymore, because they don't really know how we operate. What we need to be concerned with is how we look, because we got to make sure that our ads are different. We got to make sure we look like Cheerios and have some interracial couples. We got to do all of that. We got to actually give the appearance of having someone have the seat at have a seat at the table even if when they get there we're not listening to a damn thing they say in fact they're just in the building and look like they have a seat at the table but when the meeting happens at that table they're not invited to it And so then you have situations like this. Why? Because what's going on on the inside has not changed. And I'm not saying you're going to change the hearts and minds of everybody that you work for or or that works with you or that you have in positions. Of course not. Because we also know that uh, every the time and, and energy and effort and all of that, that it took to learn and to hold on to those behaviors and, and those thoughts, despite everything that you see in the world, at least for the past 50 freaking years, that that is a conscious choice. It is not about a lack of understanding. It is choosing not to. So I get that I'm probably not going to change hearts and minds, but the discussion needs to be had about what will and won't be tolerated. And if that is the case, you need to keep that shit to yourself or go someplace else because that's not what we're doing here. But see, on the back end, if the bottom line still looks the way you want it to look, then it is going to be tolerated. It is going to be tolerated. People knew that Bernie Madoff couldn't have possibly had returns the way that he did. Even the people who got the returns knew that that was impossible. But they got the returns, so they didn't say anything. They got to go to the parties. They got to be his cronies. I mean, who wouldn't want to be the crony of somebody who at one point was chair of the stock exchange? So we're not going to say anything. And then after a while, you feel like you can't say anything because you have become a part of that culture. 
You have become a part of the secret. You have become a part of allowing these things to happen. We see it, whether it's crimes committed, whether it's sexism, all of that. We see it. I mean, we damn sure see it when it comes to um, when it comes to discrimination on the basis of sex in the workplace or even sexual harassment. After a certain point, you're you're just embarrassed that you didn't say anything sooner. Doesn't make it right. And I'm not excusing it. But it is what it is. And so, again, I draw those parallels because we have the same thing here. You know it, you see it, you don't say anything. We already know that. But whose job is it? If you can stroke a check or sit in a boardroom and say, you know, we need to do something, we need to make a big move. Well, this show is one of the jewels in our crown, so we will make a huge statement. Huge, huge, huge statement by not just having a person of color, but a black man, a brown-skinned black man, but not too black, though. He's mixed, so we're good. On our 25th season, how amazing would that be? We are fabulous. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back. And even still, they haven't learned because one of the shows that they do after the final rose, what did they do? They went and and, uh, hired a football player that does sports commentary and he's black. When quite frankly, my suggestion for a new host and the person that they could have used, they didn't have to do a black man at all to, to appease anybody. Who's to say that he wants to be an activist? He's just, you know, he's getting another gig, so that's fine with him. Hell, if they hired Michael Strahan, you know, they he loves having 57 jobs. As far as I was concerned, the best choice for the job, even in the future, would be um, Mark Consuelos. He's fabulously handsome. He has a relationship with the network, and he certainly can host. He's articulate, he can talk, and he can stand up straight. And he's hot. His family are, it certainly has a relationship with the network. His wife has, is, has been their morning person for how many years now? And when her co-host isn't there, he's the co-host. So he's good at the gig. And if you want to check off the minority card, he's got that, he's got that as well too. And you know what? No one would have said a thing. And he has a relationship with the network. But what do you do? You run out and do the same thing again. Now, I'm not hating on the brother for taking the job. And I'm, I apologize. I just uh, can't remember his name. And at the moment, I don't want to screw around with my phone to, um, to pull it up because then it may mess up what I'm doing here. So did you learn anything? No, you just told, you know, Chris is just going to take quote, a break, unquote, because, you know, he's got to, he's got to learn some things. Oh, and by the way, there's some photos found of him it going to a party similar to that as well. Um, but yeah, so that is, that's where we are. Black host now, at least for the final rose party. I don't think that 
he's gonna stay on. I, I would think that they would need to go with a name so that they could make a splash on this. And again, Mario Lopez. And if you go with that, um, I'll, I'll, I will charge you a finder's fee, but a little bit less than Norm because technically I don't manage him. I'm just smart enough to suggest him. And by the way, as it relates to Rachel Lindsay, she has, she has a podcast uh, called Higher Learning um, that she does with a, was Van Jones? Not Van Jones. Van something. He, he the guy from um from TMZ with the dreads. And she, he came on the other day and said, you know, she's taking a break. And she also had to shut down her social media because while she did get a, a tremendous support from the former Bachelor contestants and some of Bachelor Nation, the amount of nastiness and racism and hate and threats that she has received. Because somehow it's her fault that Chris Harrison got diarrhea of the mouth and wouldn't freaking shut up and let his, you know, Confederate flag fly. Um, that it, it was just so hateful that she had to remove herself from the from the situation. And and it's easy, I know it's easy for people to say, well, you don't have to look at social media and all that kind of stuff, but because she is a media personality, of course she looks at those things because the the people who do being a media personality best are the ones who use social media and follow it and stay connected with their fans. Those are those are the people that fans tend to like most. That's why you have people like Gabrielle Union who, it, you know, may not have the career of, you know, of an Angela Bassett or Lupita Nyong'o or Viola Davis, but has an absolutely tremendous following on, um, on social media and was actually able to effectively show because of that following that she did make an actual impact on America's Got Talent um, that belied the fact that uh, they fired her because she has she stays in constant contact with her fans and, and as a family as well. So it matters when you are in the media compared to the rest of us. And so it is horrible when it is a part of what you do but because of the open medium of it people can use it as a weapon of hate and i mean we know that that exists in america so i'm, I'm not going to bother going down the rabbit hole of you know the right and wrongs of that if you don't know then god help you this is really more so about as I said, corporate America trying to make you think that they're doing the right things when they're not doing the work. So when you don't actually do the work, you end up with egg on your face. Because if you're not doing the work, that means your culture is the same. That means the people are the same. And that in the case, it, it, as Chris Harrison so sadly but aptly demonstrated, it gives people no um pause when they go and as i said with chris harrison 
allowed his Confederate freak flag to fly. So I'm going to end there. I think you all get the point, and I really, really appreciate uh, you taking the time to hang with me this evening and uh, also for to listen to the episodes to come. I am so glad to be getting back to doing this, as you can tell from my excitement, whether the we're dealing with serious topics or more frivolous ones. I just love to talk to you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Continue to follow us or on social media. I am on Instagram and Twitter at let's be honest, JJ. That's L E T S B E H O N E S T J J. Feel free to leave me messages under the episodes or DM me if you have any topics you'd like me to discuss or any questions, especially for Just Jaundice LBD, which is the legal breakdown, because certainly if you have any legal questions about the things that I'm talking about or any in general, particularly if it's something related to criminal issues or kind of domestic issues, those are definitely um, my hot topics and those are my specialties, juveniles as well, Um, or about cases that are going on. Maybe there's something hot going on that I'm just not aware of because it's in your area and you want me to research it and talk about it and bring it to light, I'd be happy to do that as well. So um, again, just uh, happy to get back and everybody is getting better. And for those of my listeners who are also friends and family that are aware that all of this are going on, I certainly thank you for your thoughts and prayers and continued support. You can also listen on all platforms. And if you have iTunes, please go on, leave. I was clapping. That's not good when you're on the air. Um, make sure that you leave a five, leave me five stars and a review. It only helps more folks find the podcast, which is also great. And other than that, never forget that if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, chances are... I'm thinking about it and want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together.